Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast, where we'll talk with real estate investors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, athletes, and more to inspire you with their success stories so you can work hard, never give up, and dream huge. And now, let's start the show. This is the Dream Huge Podcast, show number 18 said the Westinghouse district, as I foresee it, will be like the brewery district in Columbus. You'll go downtown, there'll be Clippers, there'll be uh, restaurants and uh, Penn's Mechanical and stuff where you can just have a good time and just spend the evening. Today we had Joe Curry, who is what we call a real estate entrepreneur, big time dreamer, dream huger, doing big stuff here in Mansfield for the local community. And uh, we learned all about who Joe was and his plans for the Westinghouse building. What'd yeah. you think, Pete? No, I thought it was great. You know, Steph Zader introduced us to Joe. Steph is the super connector, as we know. <laughs> um, and um, Joe Curry is an amazing individual, just a real estate entrepreneur who, just like many of us, started with a single duplex. And that's how powerful it is when you have... A, a formula that you just follow that works and like he said he presses the repeat button and before you know it <clears throat> he's buying a building a 480,000 square foot building and undertaking that development and it's gonna be huge he's going to reinvent that area downtown mm -hmm. to something along the lines of a brewery di brewery district or uh, the arena district that you know of in Columbus um, and that's going to be right here in Mansfield. So we're super excited for that. And Joe has a great story. Tell us what you thought about Joe's uh, podcast stuff. I just sat there and listened. Um, you know, he talked a lot about where he came from and how he got here. And it just reminded me of the age-old American dream story, the rags to riches. You work from the bottom up. Um, so I was very impressed by his story and his work ethic. Um, and really excited to have him here investing in Mansfield. Yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah. I, I related. I didn't know who he was, and I can relate so much right now. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? What stuck out to you? I think he's got a huge vision. He's going to go places with Mansfield. Like, he's going to build Mansfield. So, he's got a huge vision. I, I can only see it. So, guys, uh, yeah, tune in to the show. Um, we just ask you to subscribe on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to a podcast, please like, subscribe to the Facebook page, dreamhuge.com. Just tune in every week, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, real quick, share this episode, you guys, because we're trying to get the word out about the development of this building and get Joe's word out that the, the catalyst that he's going to be for downtown Mansfield. And we're going to get this market started over there, and we need to get help getting the word out. So please uh, share this podcast so everyone can help us out. Without further ado, let's get into it. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast, hosted by Mark Gray. How you doing, Mark? Good, Pete. How are Justin you? Justin Big, good. Excellent, man. Justin Bigelow, the two-time champ. What's up? And special guest. What's up, Justin? Special guest today, Lady Trump, <laughs> Stephanie Zader. In the house. What's up, guys? What's up, Steph? And extra special guest as well, Joe Curry is our guest today. Joe Curry is a real estate entrepreneur developer of the former Commerce Center, 480,000 square foot building here in Mansfield, Ohio, former Westinghouse building. Um, some of you may know that as, so welcome to the show, Joe Curry. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the time. So, um, first off, how you doing? I'm doing well. Sun's shining. It's nice out. Uh, things are things are going good. Good. Hey. Um, so we're gonna dive right into it. You know, tell us about your project, your huge undertaking here, the renaissance, the rebuilding, the rebirth of the Commerce Center. Well, it's good to be here on Dream Huge Podcast because this is absolutely a huge project. It's the biggest one that I've ever taken on. Uh, 480,000 square feet, like you said. It's going to be three phases. Um, we're still working on final budgets, but we're upwards of 10 to $15 million when it's all said and done. So we're going to try to make it an entertainment um, attraction facility for not only Mansfield, but uh, Northern Ohio. So we're excited for it. Hey, you know, we love having folks on here that are huge dreamers. Uh, and Joe is the epitome of that. And not only does he have a dream, but he's got a vision and he's taking action, right, folks? So that's the big difference. You know, a lot of a lot of you folks have dreams out there, and we're hoping to inspire you with this podcast. The difference between the dreamers and the doers, the doers take action. Ain't that right, Joe? That's right. So you took action. You bought that building, um, which already had a couple tenants in there, correct? Yes, it is. We got a couple tenants in there. It's cash flow positive right now. So, so I you're was telling people... Um, um, Carl Hunnell down at the uh, Richland Source was asking me, what's your criteria? I said, I don't know. I'm a real estate entrepreneur. I'll buy anything, I guess. But one of my criteria is that it is cash flow positive, so I'm not sinking money into it right away. So this one fit that bill, and that's about the only bill it fits. Yeah. Me, so <laughs> right. we'll figure out well, the rest coming forward here. It's making money from day one. I love that. So we can only add value to that. you know, And that's what great commercial uh, real estate um, developers, investors do. They can look at a chunk of raw marble and sculpt that into a beautiful sculpture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're doing there. You know, you've got, you talked about it in the article of Richland Source, how solid of a building it is. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was really appealing to me. I get into a lot of flips. I do a lot of residential, so um, that's kind of my wheelhouse, and I get into things, and there's always something that comes up that you didn't foresee. Sagging floors or roof trusses that are bad, um, something you can't see behind the walls. Well, when you walk through this thing, it's steel and concrete. It's 24-foot ceilings. Everything's steel. Everything's concrete. 24-inch steel I-beams, 16-inch steel I-beams. Um, it would literally take a bomb to knock this building down. So the structures there, obviously, as most people know in the Mansfield area, anybody that drives by it, that's probably the only thing it's got going for it. I, I, everybody says, oh, you're finally doing something with that building. It's kind of been an eyesore for a long time, so we're hoping to change that. But we're working with good bones, and that's what's really priority for me. Um, the structure and everything in place is good so um, all the the heavy lifting's been done i can do the aesthetics all day that's awesome so you've got you a good solid building it's cash flowing already so tell us help paint a picture for the listeners the vision of the westinghouse district uh, so currently the Westinghouse District, as most people would know it, um, I am fairly new to the Richland County market space. So what's now called a concrete jungle. I have pictures in my building, which um, we will put on display once uh, once we get some built um, some facilities inside built, just to see what that used to be. It used to be five million square feet under roof, um, employed eighteen hundred people locally. Just a huge, huge. Um, employer in the in the market and 
going back 40, 50 years ago, everybody knew that. And I think 30 years ago, they went out in 1991. Anybody from that generation on just knows it as the, the buildings are getting torn down, they're getting dilapidated, and it's become this concrete jungle. And it's... Um, it's really not a place that people really want to are attracted to or want to go so that's my first um thing that i'm trying to change is make it an attraction so that's why we're we're getting the market space we're doing food truck events we're trying to get people's like hey it, it's not so bad down here let's get people coming back down to this place and uh once they see our plans for the future and how this thing goes and i'll, I'll obviously get you guys a um the 3d rendering of a have right now um, to post on your website and uh, for the podcast and everything just kind of it's rough but it's um, it'll give you an idea of what we're going to do aesthetically to the outside and uh, just that small portion that we recently got done is a huge eye-opening it's like oh my goodness that this building can look nice again so yeah. uh, we're definitely excited about that sure so the vendor market the food trucks the live music that's what's really gonna kick this thing off um, and then just from we, we walked through you took us through the entire space um, and you just you you're really you're just you, you you're just spouting off ideas hey we're gonna have a go-kart track here we're gonna have a arcade over here we're gonna have a bowling alley here we're gonna have a it, we're just spitballing at this point right uh, but that's the the vision that you have I even heard uh, mentioned that you may build a venue of some sort you know add additional parking um, so this when I say Westinghouse district you guys got to understand you know think of something almost like the arena district in Columbus right um, but you know our own version of that um, with an already existing building that basically just needs uh, filled up and developed Developed. Um, but the, the first point of action for us and, and for the listeners is, look, we're going to have this market, right? So I wanted to talk about that specifically. So how many spaces are we looking to fill up um, uh, right through there in the, uh, the market space, which is going to be like a weekend market, correct? Correct. Yeah, the big picture, like you said, the Westinghouse District, as I foresee it, will be like the brewery district in Columbus. You'll go downtown, there'll be clippers, there'll be um, restaurants and uh, Penn's Mechanical and stuff where you can just have a good time and just spend the evening. So uh, ideally long term um, with the current Westinghouse site, I have plans with investors that would love to develop that into something of a maybe a possibly a sports arena, definitely some commercial retail space. Um, and then for my space will be just a huge entertainment building i'm sure we'll dig into a little bit further so as the district um obviously i'll be kind of pointing my finger a little bit it's like no that's the westinghouse district <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but it, it'll definitely be a, a huge attraction um but like, like you said the first thing that's going to get that started is just getting people used to getting down there it's been um kind of isolated and dilapidated for so long that's the biggest thing for us is we um, we reached out to local food truck vendors we're getting food trucks signed up for friday um every friday we're going to get a band in once a month to do that we'll pay for the band we're hosting a site for free um, for the food truck vendors we want to make it appealing to them and make it so everybody's everybody's happy everybody's trying to make some money so in, inside of that there's a lot of logistics go into that so we don't want 
to um, burrito trucks on site, right? We don't want them competing against each other. So we want a, a burrito truck and a cheeseburger truck and a french fry truck and, a, and an ice cream truck. So you can kind of go down there and um, get everything. And, you know, they're making some money. It's, it's beneficial for them. And for us, it's just getting people into the, into the space and getting used to going back down there. So that'll be on Fridays, 5 to 9. And then at the same time, we just completed the um, renovation of our, what well, we what we call our rail space. It's been rail for a long time. Uh, it's the new market space. So it's uh, 300 feet long. It's indoor. So rain or shine will be there Friday, 5 to 9, and Saturday. We're looking 10 to 4 hours. Um, we can flex them a little bit if the demand's there. We're going to kind of let the uh, market vendors dictate what they want us to do. So again, we're just trying to get something that's um, feasible for the, the vendors themselves and then and like an attraction for people to come down. So we'll have um, like farmers market vendors, boutique vendors, craftsman vendors. I've had a couple uh, nonprofits that have reached out to me that I've been talks with that we'll just we'll donate some vending space for them just to get awareness out uh, of what their goals are. So um, we got a, we got a lot of community involvement just trying to get a lot of people down there, get it used to getting down to that site coming from downtown a little bit it, i know it's a couple blocks but um it'll be a great starter for us and then as we dig into a little bit further what we got going on next i think everybody will be excited yeah and free space for the market vendors through the end of the month correct yep so we're, we're creating the demand right so come on down anybody right now it's free through the end of the month so it is going to be 25 dollars a day so 50 dollars for the weekend we expect um a good turnout once we get this thing going but we got to get it started so through the end of the month um, it is free come down talk to uh, mark gray the team here at dream huge podcast hit us up on facebook we'll get you signed up and uh, we're right now we're tentatively running it through september and um We'll get you in for free. We'll get your space marked out. You can come put eyes on the space, and we'd love to have you. So reach out to us however you can. Yeah, mgray at dreamhuge.com. Uh, Mark, what's your cell phone? 419-612-9490. Very good. Also, the office number here is 419-528-8260. You can also submit request forms, info forms, right on our website, dreamhuge.com. So love to help you with that. If any vendors of any sort are interested in selling for free, through the end of the month. That is huge right there. Love that. Um, we're looking to get that up and running um, and get that filled up. And it's just going to breed and grow success and, and business down through there. I love Joe's energy. So, all right. Now, this I've got a list I compiled here. So I'm going to go through this real fast. But this is for that's the a, listeners. That's a big list. <laughs> this is for the listeners out there who are thinking about hey what you know i've always thought about this type of business well guess what now you've got a space for it you know and you need to contact us because we can help you out with that so these are a few things that came to the top of my head that you may be able to put into this space unless amazon distribution comes in and just rents out the entire thing and wretched hey. chef there we go <laughs> okay so i'm going to go down the list you guys ready let's hear it gun range bow and arrow range skate park Roller rink, warehousing space, storage units, batting cage, boat and RV storage, music venue, go-kart track, which you had already mentioned, Joe. Um, practice space for bands. You know how many wives and girlfriends are annoyed by their bands? Yes. Yeah, and they could have a set practice space. That'd mm -hmm. be a pretty cool idea. A bar, pins mechanical like we'd spoken about, bowling alley, arcade, RC, RC car track. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, offices, of course, which we already have there, Fresh Market, Flea Market, Vendor Market, Trampoline Park, Basketball Gym, a VR Gaming Arena, Weightlifting Gym, CrossFit Gym, MMA Gym, Gymnastics Gym. I went on a gym run there a little bit. Hot Rod Garage. Always got more. Here Repair go. Garages, Paintball Arena, Airsoft Arena. Have you seen this Airsoft, right? It's a huge thing, right? Um, dance Club, Restaurants, Event Center, Hockey Rink, Street street hockey rink, BMX course, dirt bike track, manufacturing, assembly, some more traditional ideas, um, uh, indoor track and field, field house, and of course, like I said, some type of distribution center. But I just wanted to give the listeners, you know, just kinda brainstorm with you guys, if you will, um, to see, the, these are the type of things, correct? Um, am I leaving anything out that was obvious? I think you hit the nail on the head there. You probably would have been better shorter list of what we can't bring into this place. <laughs> right. Great it's, point. It's 24 foot ceilings. Um, I don't know the exact measurements. Probably 400 feet long by 300 feet long, 24 foot ceilings. So if you could just imagine sitting in that space, um, and if you can't imagine it, get a hold of us. We'll show it to you sometime. And it's uh, you look at it, and you're like, I can literally do anything in here. So that's why that list is so big. <laughs> and Joe, you've talked a little bit about if people want to start a business there, you're willing to work with them, correct? Yeah. So uh, that's a, I appreciate um, the guys here just kind of introduced me as a real estate entrepreneur. So that's what my friends call me locally. It's like, you don't fit this mold of like a real estate investor, a single family home investor. We're just gonna call you a real estate entrepreneur because I'll do whatever makes sense. Um, I am a capitalist, I do like to make money, um, <laughs> but I like to help people make money as well. So if there's something in and you're, uh, you're a starving artist or you want to come in and start up a uh, go-kart track or you wanna do the trampoline park or if you're trying to bring in a gym and trying to start something out, well, I'm flexible on the terms of what that looks like. It's kinda, I'm open to partnerships, you build it, um, I'll give you better lease options uh, as far as rent goes, I build it. Um, pretty much the sky's the limit. If you have an opportunity or an idea and um, have ambition and drive, then we can certainly talk. So I'm in, I'm in a lot of partnerships with a lot of different things, with a lot of different people, and uh, the people make it um, make the business go. So as long as we can find the right person, we can put the business together. And I'm very flexible in about anything that we can do. In other words, if you are dreaming huge and you have a business idea, call us yes. and let's have a conversation, yes. right? Absolutely. And that's where it starts. Don't feel like you're priced out of anything. Hey, let's talk, let's have a conversation, let's try and help each other out. Because like you said, we're all capitalists here. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we want to make money, but at the same time, we want to help you make money as well. Yeah, yeah that's awesome stuff. Um, okay, so let's, let's jump into Joe Curry, the real estate entrepreneur a little bit here, if you don't mind. Let's go all the way back. Where was Joe Curry born? Oh, Fort or West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, Florida guy. I am. So I was two years old, and I'm Mount Vernon, Ohio, ever since. Until uh, 2017, I moved to Granville, Ohio. Gotcha. Um, and um, what brought you into real estate, and what was your first venture into real estate? Hmm. So I grew up poor on government housing, and. Um, my mom raised us three boys pretty much by herself and my uncle uh, was pretty wealthy and he done really well in real estate. He's a big time broker in um, Mount Vernon, has done really well for himself so I kind of idolized him growing up like I'm like man this guy's got a nice house, he's got a pool, 
he's got wads of cash laying around anywhere around his house. I mean, how, how does people live like this, man? Um, like I said, I mean, we grew up with like free school lunches. We're pretty poor, so I looked up to him a lot. Um, I got out of high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of figuring out life still a little bit. And I got into construction. Um, I did talk to my uncle, Gene, and uh, he was a busy man. I don't hold anything against him. He was very busy, and I asked him one time, um, and I was, I was a juvenile delinquent, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. So my uncle Gene, he's, he's a great person, um, and I was just probably not in the right mindset to take it on, but I did ask him. I was like, hey, I think I want to get into real estate, and he said, you know, I don't think it's for everybody. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. Oh, wow. I'm like, shit. Man, so how much of a juvenile delinquent were you? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the question. And enough, enough for him to think, I don't know if this kid's got, you know, I don't know. He's probably thinking, I don't want to waste my time with this. You know? gotcha. He was very busy. He's very successful. Very great guy. If I would have pursued it any further, he would have been over backwards to help me. Um, Especially so, someone that's related, a namesake family member. Yeah, you, absolutely. a little extra. I'm not sure I want to do this. Yeah. Right. So... Um, but I say that because that's what really it's motivated me. You know, I'm like, all right, okay. Uh, so when I when I bought 26 rentals and he he had 26, we 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 discussed it later. He said, I was like, how many did you have? He's like, I got 26. I go, well, I got 30. So <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I already went up to. I, I guess you did good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I looked up to him when I got out of school and um, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And he's like, well, I'm not sure it's for you. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure it's for me either. So yeah. um, I figured I, I would always done construction in the summer and um, I made good money at it back then. And that's what I went right into. So I became a concrete finisher and a block layer for five years, which if anybody's done that work, you realize that um, you probably should be investing in something else because that is not for the weak of heart. Yeah, but that's where you got all the muscles from. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what we said. We need, my, my boss was 64 when I started working for him. He said, we need somebody with a strong back and a weak mind. <laughs> I, was, I was 18 Straight years grunt. old. I was 18 years old. I said, I'm your man. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I worked for Bob. Uh, Bob Bebop Masonry out of Mount Vernon. Great guy. He was a, a great uh, friend and mentor to me. And uh, he really taught me how to work and um, work ethic and doing things right and doing right for people. So um, I wouldn't take that back for the world. I worked for him for five years. But during that time, I was like... I'm not going to retire doing this. You know, what am I going to do? And I still had that inkling for real estate. Um, my wife and I, uh, we started looking. We bought our first house. I bought my first house when I was 21. We were um, not married at the time. So I bought my first house. And we kind of house hacked. And we bought a duplex under my wife's name um, with the first-time homebuyer credits and everything like that. So we were able to buy it for a little, little money down. So that was... I don't even know what year that was. I was 21, anyhow, 15. So a house hack, for those of you not listening, means basically you buy the house, you live in one side, rent out the other, that person pays for your mortgage. You ha yeah, you live for free pretty much. Yeah. Right. Um, so as we were both working, uh, we had two kids at that time. That was a big deal for us. We're trying to live as cheap as we could. So, um, And then from there, we kind of let life go for a while. Um, I worked for five years and then I decided in 2008 when the market crashed, like I need to go do something else. So she put me, my wife worked and put me back through school. So I went to school to become a firefighter paramedic. Um, I pretty much took two years off and dedicated my life to that. Um, when I got done, it took me about a year, about a year and a half from there um, to get a full-time job. I was working part-time, then I got a full-time job. 
2012 it's 10 years now and then i sent my wife back to school so uh, she did uh, nursing i think she was off for probably two years as well so we had let life go for a while then we um, decided probably what we should have done to start with when you got out of high school is you know go back to school and get something in the career but um so from the time we bought our first duplex it was 10 years i think before we bought another one and then in 2015 um i had my full-time job she had her full-time job and uh things were going good and i said let's do this and uh we ended up buying i had uh i had five thousand dollars cash and a 2004 honda accord that i owned at free and clear and i bought a duplex i i uh, refinanced that Honda and I got five grand cash so I had ten thousand bucks and I bought um, I bought this duplex paid 29 grand for it put ten thousand down I fixed everything myself with the ten thousand dollars pretty much they kind of loaned it back to me on a material budget so I'm all in at 40 grand and uh, I get it rented out for a thousand bucks a month my payment I you know my payment was 211 or something plus uh that was just for the payment i had to pay taxes and insurance on top of that but so i'm 350 all in i'm making 650 bucks a month I'm, i mean that's good numbers can't beat it so for those investors out there those are good numbers then yeah i uh, i leveraged that property it's like worth 75 grand i'm like all right and the bank's like hey we'll give you 80 percent of that money i said well i'll, I'll go ahead and take 80 percent um so i took that 80 percent and i i just leveraged it and i bought a another duplex now about a four unit with that and then um, within uh, another month or so I was able to I don't forget how I got the money this time but I bought I pretty much bought the same identical deal again I bought a you start pushing the repeat button right? I did yeah. yeah it's like well shit that worked I'm gonna go ahead and do that again so I bought another duplex I paid 32,000 for it I put 12 grand in it it appraised at 80 and I bought a three unit so um, when I started buying a heavy I had like I said I had five grand in a car and I bought 19 units in 18 months oh, wow. wow um and I haven't looked back since yeah so we started flipping that was 2016 we started flipping houses started buying um it's funny now I, I think i'm up to 75 doors personally um that that we own outright without partnerships and then uh we got some commercial projects that's residential then we got some commercial projects as well my wife no longer does nursing she worked for the business <laughs> there you go yeah so family uh, business so you mentioned the wife and kids there so tell me a yep. little bit about your family uh, so we got so my wife and I've been together for 17 years so uh, we were pretty much I met her when I was a senior in high school so we've been together forever um, and we have four kids we've been married let me see 2009 do some work here we were together five years before we got years. married thank you Stephanie <laughs> I'm, I'm better with numbers I swear <laughs> um, hey somebody a little, little kid on the baseball team asked me how old I was the other day I said well let me let me get the calculator out real quick <laughs> Eight. See, I was born in 77. What year is it? I says, you don't know how old you are? I says, nah, you don't keep track of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> After you're 15 and a half, you keep track. You quit counting that stuff. Right. Oh. Um, yeah, so. My sorry, stays, happily married. Happily kiddos. married. Yeah, um, my wife had two kids prior to us getting together. Uh, she did start early. So we have two daughters that are 20 and 21. Both are doing fantastic. One um, is going through fire school 
right now. She's uh, just graduated firefighter one and has finished EMT basic. My other daughter, um, she is studying nursing. She works full-time at OSU uh, at the James. My two boys are 11 and 9. Um, they're both they're both pretty wild they got different characters um it's amazing how different they are can be in so close but uh we're, we're a wrestling family a football family and uh yeah like i said we we're building a house this year we just bought some land in granville so everybody's happy and healthy and life is good my friend wow that is great that is great news um you know and how important is a good support system and a good family when you're going through taking undertaking all of this um, you can't put a price on it. It's really invaluable to have the support system I have from Stacy, my wife. Um, there for a long time. I'm always a risk taker. You'll find that out probably through this podcast. But um, Stacy's always been a great supporter of mine. In the beginning, she we would talk through things, and she was like she would give me great insights. She's very intelligent, um, very hardworking, and um, she's just been a great asset to me. And fortunately, I've, I've gained enough trust where I just say, "Hey, I'm." I'm gonna buy a uh, a go kart business next week. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've already sent a letter of intent to purchase it, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Right. So, you gained that trust, though, like you said. I've worked. You got a I've good uh, success rate there going. Yeah. Very quick underwriting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hear that, guys. First thing, you don't buy the go kart tra- uh, business for very first thing. You start by buying duplexes, rental properties, build up to that. Yeah. Then you buy the 480,000 square foot warehouse, <laughs> go kart business. Yes, but that, that's how it works. That one was even a hard, that was a pretty hard sale. The, the warehouse space, but yeah. Um, because I can see things. My wife's a builder too, but uh, that's a project. <laughs> For anybody that uh, drives by it, if you can imagine what it looks on the inside, you're probably right. So it's quite a project, yeah. but um, like I said, I built that trust and hey, I'm a great salesman, so I, I, sold, a, I sold a wife one and the rest is history. <laughs> Very nice. Um, okay, so how do you hope to inspire others um, with your story? Um, just, I mean, anybody can do it. So I never really thought about that, I guess. But um, So I laid out my story for you. I mean, I grew up kind of from a broken home, and um, we literally, I lived in government housing at Hillside Apartments in Mount Vernon, and um, I told my wife last year, I said, if that ever comes available, I'm buying the whole thing. I said, I'm just going to awesome. own, yeah. own it. I don't care what the price tag is, I'm buying it. Um, simply because I can, I guess, yeah. right? Um, I, but I grew up there in government housing, and... Um, we had food stamps, and um, life wasn't always easy for us. But um, so, did you ever find yourself making excuses? No, I was never really an excuse. A plane, you know, being the victim. No, I was never an excuse kind of guy. I guess. No, I it just, doesn't uh, matter where you know how or where you come from, right? Everyone's got an opportunity, and oh. it, and it, you know, I'm just you know listening from an outsider. You found a mentor in your uncle. Um, and he wasn't even really willing, willing to help you. But you at least looked to him. And um, that was your way out. Yep. I had a visualization of what my life could be like. Yeah. And I knew he was, uh, I mean, he's a lot like I am. He's a serial entrepreneur and uh, he's a go-getter and is always working. So um, he was my visual representation of what I wanted to be. And it took me a while to get there. But, I mean, I, like I, like you said, I never had any... Um, 
any real help along the way and uh, I guess if I can do it you know I mean like I said you, you've heard my story a little bit but um, you just got to get out there and get after it. you got to find something and I see a, a Grant Cardone in the back a book back here and it's yeah. like take massive action I said that that's my default mindset I'm yeah. like action first consequences later now my wife will it will attest to that I'm like let's buy it I'll buy it come on send it and she's like where are you getting money I said, I'll figure it out next week it'll be fine um, take action. Yeah, yeah you, like, you got to take action. You got to be motivated, and um, you got to have a really good mindset to give a great support system. Yeah, yeah. I was saying like you know buy it, figure it out later. You just putting your back against the wall, and sometimes that's the only way to move forward is to put yourself into the corner, mm -hmm. and then you figure out how to get out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys, you listeners out there. There's no excuses. There's no, you know, you don't be a creator, not a victim. You know, be an action taker. You know, create. Don't always just consume. Um, you know, uh, don't be afraid to take action and um, put yourself out there. And regardless of your surroundings and your environment, anyone can do it. Um, and Joe Curry right here is living proof of that. Um, awesome, Joe. All right. So what's an interesting fact or story that most folks may not know about you? Interesting fact or story. Hmm. I'm not a very interesting guy, I guess. I just work. <laughs> Come on, you two are. That's why you're on the podcast. I just work all the time. I don't know. I don't have anything. Um, I mean, I grew up in a in a different era, so we always talk about how these kids are kind of sheltered, and my my kids are spoiled. And so I got the two older girls who grew like they grew up with us when we were still kind of poor, right? Me and my wife were just barely making ends meet, and now my boys were a little bit more. Um, better position in life so i got to teach these kids like hey you know this this thing's not easy this thing called life you know you ain't going to get everything handed to you <laughs> and there was like i know what do you mean dad i was like well you guys don't understand we just like just play like bb gun wars in the backyard and like i would snowboard with my friends you know david boyd and matt boyd had a david boyd had a chevy lumina and we would take that thing in the snow streets of mount vernon and do 35 miles an hour snowboarding down the street i, mean, I, don't, I don't even know how <laughs> we're alive everybody survived that huh? um then my kids cry you know I mean, some of my kids cry and they bump their knee or something I'm like you need to knuckle up buddy come on you're, you're going to be fine <laughs> yeah um but i think probably a lot of that's lacked in our society right now but yeah um I don't know. I just work all the time. I gotta. I'm starting to try not to as much. Uh, reading some new books, four-hour work week, and lifestyle investor. My default is to just work all the time. So I'll be sitting at home. I'm like, I can crunch numbers. I can buy a new house. You know, let's let's do this. Let's do that. And just um, taking a step back and relaxing and enjoying what I'm uh, I'm blessed with and what I'm grateful for. So that's about it. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like you're uh, teaching the kids a little bit of responsibility, accountability. Mm -hmm. And I, that just reminds me of a, a quote from Shaq, Shaq Daddy, Shaquille O'Neal. His kid said, hey, we're rich, Dad. We're rich. Our family's rich. He's like, no, no, son, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, I will teach you. The, how to work hard and get there too and so he put his son in his place or you know his daughter i don't know what the story was but. i just had that conversation with my 17 year old 
I have money. That does not mean you have money. Guess what you're going to do this summer? Go get another job. You are going to have work <laughs> ethic first, yeah. and then the money will come. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we get on to the huge four, the rapid fire round, and then we'll let you get out of here because you're a super busy guy. We've about, got about five minutes here, so I don't want to keep you all day. Okay. Perfect. Uh, nothing really. Just a reiteration of the market space is open. Please come down here. Support your local community. Obviously, we want you to support us. Support your local vendors. Food Truck Friday events going on. Um, if you keep an eye on the Westinghouse, keep an eye on Dream Huge uh, Facebook page and all their social media page. We got a couple of social media pages as well at the Westinghouse. Um, and to see what's going on down there it's going to be exciting we invite all of you to um, plug in see what's happening ask questions contact us and um, we look forward to building it down there very good okay so mark is going to hit you with the huge four. Oh wait oh yeah it's time for the huge four. the macho man always comes out <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> i grew up on a macho man i love that guy thank you yeah. All right, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? I think every real estate entrepreneur gets into it and he's like, you gotta have money to start, you gotta have money to start. And I think that's a, a complete um, disadvantaged mindset when you get into it. I thought the same thing for a long time. Hell, I thought it for two years getting started. I think what you gotta have is connections. And uh, if you wanna get connected, give us Stephanie Zader over here. I think she's she's what I call a super connector. That girl knows everybody. Um, but once you get connected, and like I said, I'm a real estate entrepreneur. There are so many people out there that wanna do one of two things. Either one, they wanna be a mentor, or two, they wanna put their money someplace where it's gonna make them money. So if you are a motivated individual with a good mindset, a good business opportunity, whatever it may be that fits you, if you plug into networking events for the right people and ask the right questions, you are gonna find somebody who will go out of their way mentor you or put money into you um, that it is not a money issue whether it's in real estate whether it's in any business and money is not the issue it's your mindset and you're getting around the right people very good answer yeah, yeah. I like it what's your biggest failure would you learn from it biggest failure that's a good question um, hmm I get these work questions at work too. I still work at the fire department full time. It's like, name one time you failed and how do you overcome it? Here's the reality. I'm optimist. The glass is always half full for me. I don't think in terms of like poor is me, woe is me, this guy did bad to me and I failed and um, that's terrible and the world's against me. Uh, boys, ladies and gentlemen, I've had a worm farm before. You understand what I'm saying? Like when I say serial entrepreneur, this guy's like, listen, here's the deal. I got these worms. They eat dirt. They make poop. It's organic fertilizer. You want in? I'm like, shit. Send it. I'm in. Send it, baby. Okay. So, and I failed miserably, and I spent a bunch of money on it. And looking back, I'm like, why did you do that? I have no idea. So there's a lot of things that I failed at, but there's nothing I think that's a catalyst of. Um, this is my big failure. This is what I got from it. Um, but I learned very early on that you're, you're going to fail early, fail often. But what do you learn from those failures? So there's not one thing that I said that you know made or break me. But um, am I going to buy a worm farm anymore? No. What I what did I learn from that? Don't buy anything you're not passionate about. I started a car business once. Um, I'm not passionate about it. It failed. Uh, it cost me a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, so pick your partners wisely. 
Um, don't get any, do not, that's probably the biggest thing, do not get into something that you are not passionate about because it will not be successful. And that's not one big failure, that's multiple failures on my end, is that's what I would say, is find something you're passionate about and it won't be work for you. That's a cliche, but that is 100% true. Find a passion that pays. Yep. That's not familiar <laughs> we just talked about that. Braxton recently. Daniels, yeah, yeah, find a passion that pays. Okay, what do we got next? What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Um, books, networking, and podcasts. So I'm a I'm reading two books right now. Listen to a podcast, and um, I take notes on what I read. Um, what podcasts? So when I say podcast. I mean Audible book. Um, okay. I, I don't listen to many podcasts. To be honest with you, I used to like I plug into Joe Rogan because it's yep. random and it's not anything that has to do with like real estate sure you know? yeah. it'll let you escape for a little bit I did, it does I, yeah. yeah so i've listened to several real estate podcasts and i don't even read real estate books anymore because um, i want to unplug right that's yeah. what I, so i'm a different i'm reading uh right now i'm reading um the four hour work week great book um yeah. i'm reading wild at heart by john eldridge and um i'm listening to lifestyle investor by justin donald um so what I take something out of all of those things and uh, like I write I write notes down or the the four hour work week has a lot of questions and answers in it and you, you really get to dive into um, what you are uh, kind of what your mindset is and what's important to you. The lifestyle investor and four hour work week are really like what's important to you, where are you spending your time, where are you spending your money, where should you be spending your money and time. Um, so that's what kind of I've been working on lately. Yeah. Well, that kind of ties into the next question. What are the two books that have inspired you? Um, two of your favorite books. Two of the favorite books. So you, you got to go old school. I'm going to give you. T- I'm going to give you four. Then I'm going to go back to two. Or so um, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, obviously, I can't even think of it right now. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. He's got a. I got. I read um, a bunch of his books. He's got a um, network with the tax strategies and wealth and apartments and everything like that. But Rich Dad Poor Dad is a catalyst of one. Um, Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great one just of how how to work with people and how to um, understand people and relationships as far as that goes. Uh, the Richest Man of Babylon is a great book. I'm getting ready to have my... Um, my eleven, my eleven-year-old read that. It's a very easy read, mm-hmm. and then a compound effect by Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, those books I've been contemplating. Those two, the Richest Man of Babylon and uh, the Compound Effect. I've been contemplating on doing um, like a middle school summer activity with kids because I think they can read it, understand it, and mm-hmm. get something from it. It's very simple, very basic. Um, Richest Man of Babylon. The principle is. Your money should make money for you. It's yeah. that simple. Your money should be making money. If you want to become wealthy, that's what you need to do. Have your money make money. Uh, the compound effect is simply that. You need a compound effect. Start small. Keep it. Make it a routine. Build on it. Build on it. Build on it. And um, if you continue to do those things and your whole mindset changes in your life will change. But I think what thrust me into entrepreneurship was definitely um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And how Robert Kiyosaki is like, you know, this is my rich dad and this is my poor dad anybody who's read the book will know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about but um just how how to make money and they, they go to the conclu- the um classic example of go to school get a good job or go to school 
get good grades, get good grades, go to college, go to college, get good grades, get a job, retire when you're 59, get your pension, da 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 da. And um, that's just not the lifestyle. One that I wanted, or one that I two that I could afford. I had better dreams and ambitions, so I want I wanted something to make money for me now, so I could live the lifestyle now that I didn't want to wait till I was sixty four. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've probably read I've read that one several times. And then um, just reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, I probably mm-hmm. read read that two or three times and listened to it a couple of times as well. Just huge and in, in, influential books in my life. You know, um, Carnegie and Kiyosaki and Cardone, for that matter, they need to be part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had those books in, in the high school, we, we would all be doing better off. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. I, those, that's what I give as a, a uh, graduation gift. Perfect. I put a $100 bill in there. That's their bookmark. And I give them a 10X book. You know, it, but you could do the same with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Dale yeah. Carnegie, any four of those. Yeah. Those, those are all on my must-have list. Those are great. Yeah, but I just yeah. wish we could work those in the curriculum somehow. Not saying that geometry, too, isn't important because it Macbeth. is for some. Like most of my daughters, my one daughter read Macbeth twice in right. high school. The other one just finished it. I'm like, what are they learning from Sure, this? we can be well-rounded. <laughs> let's not take all of Let's keep some of that, but yeah. we need to add this in. Yeah, 100% definitely. 100% agree. Definitely. Yeah. I need politicians who can change that. Yeah. We can start the Dream Huge School. Yeah, there we go. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I'll get you the number of all the school, school board members. Perfect. <laughs> all right. So here we go on to the rapid fire round. So you're going to come right off the top of the head here, Joe. First thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. What? Oh, wait. The rapid fire round. I forgot to drop. <laughs> okay. Nice. nice. Uh, what is your spirit animal? Bald eagle. Go. There you go. Nice. Nice. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, Always focused on work. I am. That's a terrible problem that <laughs> I have. That's the guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, probably is my guilty pleasure. Work all. Like, work all. Yep. So okay. number three, what's your favorite movie? Oh, this is good. Um, I've watched Braveheart recently and Gladiator within the last month. And both fantastic movies. Nice. nice. Go ahead and hit them with one, Steph. What do you do in your spare time? I told you I just work. <laughs> I work in my spare time. I told you that. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to be more focused and um, spend spend more time engaged. Um, I got a power list, a power five. I did listen to a podcast the other day. It's Real AF. Oh, yeah. That's if, a great podcast. If you catch that, these are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you read, too. A little, little bit aggressive, but I like him. Um, but he, he came up with this power five. You know what I mean? He's got a power list every day. He does five things. So I kind of got a little group of uh, a couple friends of mine, and we kind of check in on each other, and we do power five. And uh, my power five is focused more on spiritual and um, family stuff. Not, I'm, I'm done with business. My, my Like I said, my, my default subconscious mind goes to business. So I got to be conscious to plug in and engage with my wife and family and just um, be connected with them when I'm home because that's one thing my wife says. You're here, but you're not here, and I need to work better on that. So I have conversations with my boys every day, which uh, with a 9, 11-year-old, like I have like <laughs> full conversation. I'm like, I'm like my five-minute thing is like, or um, one of my power fives is a five-minute conversation. 
if you guys have kids, I mean, having a five-minute direct That's conversation long. is a long <laughs> like time. Yeah. yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm like picking and pulling, and they're going to go outside and play, but I'm like, I'm doing this because it's on my list. Um, <laughs> five minutes. Listen up. You're going to see it right Timer. Timer. Let's go. Uh, but, yeah, that's one thing I'm focused on right now. Now, you mentioned Real AF Guy, so have you done the 75 Hard by chance? Um, I, I have listened and heard about the 75 Hard, but that's not my cup of tea. Gotcha. gotcha. I tried it, and I lasted like 19 days, and I was like, you know what? I want a cheeseburger. What is <laughs> it? So um, it's a it's an app-based little fitness challenge for yeah, 75 days. No alcohol, read 20 pages. A gallon um, of water. A gallon of water, work out 45 in the morning, work out 45 minutes at night, and take a picture of yourself. Man, one has to be outdoors. Yeah. What's well, that? I'm already halfway there. There you go. You need so, so to sign I up. I don't drink. I go to the gym. Right. 60 minutes a day. Yeah. Read, I could probably do that more, and then I don't know what else it was. Take a gallon of water a day. I already do that. Has to be outside. So I just need to read more. Yeah, you're there. Wow. And then you just take a picture, though, every day. Yeah, you have to take your picture. Shirtless photo. You had to post it online, too, so we all could see it. Okay. <laughs> oh, let's do it, baby. All right, sorry. We get sidetracked sometimes. That's all right. Yeah. This is good. That's what podcasts are about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, I don't karaoke. I don't like my own voice, so I'm interested to hear this podcast afterwards. <laughs> um, but I do like to watch other people karaoke. One of my friends with his karaoke the other day, some Biggie Smalls. Nice. And he's like a five foot four. <laughs> Two ten pound white dude, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> Those life. Those are the type of videos that just go viral. He was legit Biggie Smalls in the videos I've seen. It was fantastic. That's great. Uh, so, all right, so you don't not a singer, not a karaoke, but what what's your go? To, what do you like to listen to? Um, I got a wide genre too, so I listen to. I'm a lot in country right now. Yeah. But I listen yeah. to rock and rap, and um, I think every generation doesn't like the new rap. So I like 2000 rap, right? Like yeah. Tupac and Biggie and yeah. Dr. Dre. And my kids listen to, um, who are they trying to listen to? Shabuzi and Little Jeezy, Little John, Little Yachty, Little little Twain. I mean, there's so, so many little <laughs> people. Little, out there. Little out there. <laughs> but I, I don't like that rap music. Right. So. I understand completely. All right. What's something you fear? Um, I think recently it's, it's fear of um, not... Fear of how I'm perceived in my family, I guess. And again, that's a kind of a recent thing with what um, I've been going hard for a long time now, and it's been my default to do that. And have I have I um, not been there in the ways that I could have been for my family? So that's one thing that I, I'm kind of fearing. I'm cognizant of it now and trying to make a um, concerted effort to be better. What is your greatest accomplishment so far? Um... I think just my family, really. So we are, uh, me and my wife get along great. We don't argue too much. Um, we don't fight. Our kids are well-behaved and respected where they go. And my, my older daughters are um, intelligent um, thinkers, and they are doing great things with their lives. I think that's the biggest accomplishment you could have is to um, have your kids succeed. Um, is a big attribute to... Um, who you were and how you raised them so mm -hmm. with with the girls doing that now i'm really thankful for it and like i said earlier just trying to get the boys the boys are in a little different they got a lot of stuff handed to them because you know i mean growing up poor you want better for your kids so you really yeah. got to find that balance for me is giving them what they want but like listen buddy like 
this didn't come free. You know, I mean, right. you got to have those hard conversations with them to yes. make sure that they have those values and um, that character trait that makes them a good person when they get older. So right. uh, they're heading in the right direction. That's, I mean, that's what I'm thankful for, but most in life, really. Yeah, my girlfriend is a nine and eleven year old too. Yes. Yeah. Same thing, you know. We got a nice big fancy house, and I didn't realize how much work I do, you know, to get all this and try to teach them what you're trying to do too. It's, it's awesome that we have that opportunity. It's just, you know, the flip side of it of teaching them gratitude. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we, um, with our girls, we made them do budgets with us. So like, this is a lifestyle, right? Like, this is how much this lifestyle costs. Yep. And when you put pen to paper and you you do that budget and like that, that's how much you got. Um, it puts things into perspective for them. And the girls the girls hated it when they were younger. But then uh, my 21 year olds moved out and uh, she was living with her boyfriend. And last year, she's like, "Oh my God, he can't he can't control his money. We, we, we got to do something." <laughs> and she's like, "He's never even done a budget before." Oh my God. And boys, you got to see the smile on my face. I said, "It worked." She she listened to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's been good. All right, Joe. The next one is, who is your favorite superhero? Superhero. I gotta go with Superman. He's always like that was the biggest, greatest guy when I was growing up, and everybody idolized Superman. You can fly, and you're like can't get shot with bullets. (laughs) He's the most badass there is, according to Tony, our our comic book uh, expert. Comic book expert. Yeah, we can't be wrong. So there you go. go. (laughs) What is your favorite sports team? Favorite sports team: Ohio State Buckeyes. Woo! Oh, H. I know. What is your favorite food? Favorite food. I am big into this smoked meats for the last couple years oh my god pulled pork smoked turkey but probably smoked uh pulled pork is top notch right now excellent that sounds good yeah it sounds good for dinner all right joe you did it baby awesome job send it in the words of joe curry send it baby (laughs) joe curry real estate entrepreneur developer of the commerce center the former westinghouse building 480,000 square feet and he's going to bring life and breathe all kinds of crazy fun stuff into downtown mansfield right there Uh, we're super excited for that Uh, again joe where and how can folks contact you and follow the along with the westinghouse so obviously the team here at dream huge is going to be a a huge asset for me reach out to any of them follow them on web or uh, their website and their social media also follow the westinghouse facebook page and uh, we're coming out with instagram and stuff like that so social media is going to be our big push to see um, what's going on there now what you can see from it in the future and just be plugged into all the things that's going on in the community and that we're going to be doing down there and just get engaged come down to the market come down to the food truck fridays as we get the trampoline park and the go-karts and a brewery set up and event center and a lot of other things that we're, we're working towards um come down be a part of it we look forward to working with you guys man awesome thank you joe curry thanks for joining us today um and thank you for listening everyone thank you for listening to the dream huge podcast with mark gray uh, Justin Bigelow, extra special guest Steph Zader, and myself, Pete Peterson. Thank you for listening, guys. And as always, remember the rules. Work hard, never give up, and dream huge. Thank you for listening to the Dream Huge podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more inspiring content, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dream Huge Realty and on TikTok at Dream Huge Inc. Until next time.